Welcome to Pure Heart Church Podcast, Becoming Like Jesus. You're about to hear another inspirational message, and our prayer is that you are encouraged and one step closer to becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. I want to welcome everybody in. Thank you for joining us today. Peoria Campus, love you guys. Thanks for being a part of our Peoria Campus today. Crossroads Recovery. We're so grateful for you and so honored to be a part of your lives as well. Crossroads, thank you for being a part of the service today. And then people watching from around the world, around the country and around the state of Arizona, thank you for tuning in today to the Pure Heart family. So here we go. We're in week two of our series, Hilarious. And we started with this question last week. Have you ever heard the statement, this is no laughing matter? And I talked about how for many people, money is no laughing matter. It can be a source of pain, a source of fear, anxiety, uh, lost sleep, lost friendships, lost jobs, lost marriages, even loss of life over money issues. But God in his economy longs for money to be a source of joy. And I don't mean money in and of itself being a source of joy, like having more of it. Actually, how we interface, how we interact with money to be a source of joy in our lives. The Bible The best-selling book of all time has 2,085 references to money. The reason is because God knows. He knows what a big deal money is in our lives and how money impacts our life and our world. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote to some friends in the city of Corinth many years ago now who were struggling to find joy. They were dealing with brokenness and division and lack of unity. And Paul gets to about chapter nine of 2 Corinthians, the second letter that he wrote to the Corinthian church. And he's talking to them about raising up funds to be generous, to give to Christians in Jerusalem to help them in their poverty and their brokenness and in um, the, the torment and torture the persecution they were going through. And so Paul says, I want to come and I want to receive this gift from you, but I want it to be incredibly generous. And this is what he writes. We we dug into this a little bit last week. He said, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give, say it with me, reluctantly or in response to, say it again, Peoria, come on, be with me, pressure for God loves a person who gives, everybody say it together, cheerfully. Now, in the Greek language, this word cheerful is actually the word, the Greek word hilaros, which means merry. It's where we actually get our English word hilarious. And, and I, don't, I don't believe in context that Paul's talking about, hey, when you give, you should be like laughing out loud. Woo! Isn't this amazing? I, I, this idea here of cheerfulness has the idea of to be merry or a deep down sense of joy. And we know that joy is different than happiness. Happiness depends on circumstances. Joy is much deeper than that. It's much stronger than that. It's much more of an anchor for our soul. And he says, there should be a cheerfulness about your giving. Don't don't give under reluctancy or under pressure, but with a happy heart, with a heart that's full of joy, of the gratitude of being able to be generous, to make a difference in the lives of people. We're looking at three perspectives in this series. God has given me these perspectives over the years And that has brought me more joy in the area of my finances. And last week, we talked about the ownership perspective. This week, we're going to talk about the wisdom perspective. And then next week, we're going to talk about the blessing perspective. Young people, listen to me. And I'm probably going to do this a couple times in this message today. If you're under the age of 30, please lean in. Please do not turn out. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you, share this message with your friends. Please share this message with your friends because what I'm about to tell you, if I would have walked this out 
I would be in a completely different planet when it comes to my finances, a whole different experience. I wish I would have done this, all right? And so I wanna encourage you, grandmas, grandpas, parents that are listening, please share this with young people in your life. Share this with your grandchildren. Let them walk through this message. It is so practical and so important. It will literally, they will come to you 10 years from now and they will thank you for giving them this information. So I wanna encourage you, don't, don't, Pull away from this series, lean into this series. And if you're dealing with some lack financially right now, and I know that there are millions of people around the, our country and around the, around the world struggling financially right now, please don't let your lack right now keep you from growing and learning something that God wants to plant deep in your heart. So don't let your lack keep you from growing today, all right? And, and I just want you to know this right up front. I said this last week, I don't want something from you. I know that there's a rap that churches are all, they just want your money. I don't want something from you. I truly want something for you. I want something for you. I want us to get our joy back when it comes to money. So pray with me because we're gonna need to pray today, all right? Holy Spirit, would you lead us into truth today? Teach us what we need to know and then give us the strength to walk it out. Father, I know that there are many who are hurting today that are listening to this, this message. God, would you encourage their hearts? Uh, would you quiet the voices in their mind that are already just starting to get frustrated and saying, we don't have enough. I can't believe we're gonna talk about money today. I can't believe it was the second week in a row on money. God, help us to really lean in today and to grow. Give us your peace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we talked about the ownership perspective. And we talked about this idea. We said, all I have is from God and belongs to God. All I have is from God and belongs to God. That's the ownership perspective. This week, we're talking about the wisdom perspective, which simply means this. All I have is from God and belongs to God. So I must use it wisely because it's all from God and all belongs to God. I must be wise in how I use what God has given to me. Now, let's go back for just a moment to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. And I want you to notice a statement that I didn't really pause on earlier. Notice this statement. You must each, say each, decide in your heart how much to give. Everybody at Peoria said each. Everybody at Crossroads said each. Say it again, each. Each means that today's message is incredibly personal. He says, each one of you, Paul said, as he's writing this letter to his friends, each one of you must individually, not corporately, individually decide in your heart what it is you're going to give. Basically saying this, this journey that you're gonna take as you pray and ask God, ask the Father, what is it you want me to do for these, these folks in Jerusalem who are struggling, who are hurting? This is an individual journey for you. And today's message is an individual journey for you. This is something extremely personal for us as we look at this today. God, how do I steward what you have entrusted to me? The word decide here in the Greek language carries with it the idea, the original language of the New Testament, the Greek language, the idea of to purpose uh, or, or to choose or to prefer before another thing, to purpose, to say, you know what? Before I do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a plan. The word heart here is the idea of center, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Example, your convictions. So you've got a purpose deep down in your heart, in your convictions, what you individually are gonna do, what God has asked you to do. Simply this, have a plan. Don't just wing it, if you will. 
I've discovered a great joy over the years in living more disciplined. I know, don't we love that word? Come on, just say that word, discipline. And living more discipline in my finances. And, and But there's something about discipline that's not fun in the moment, but brings great joy over time. Think about like exercise and eating right. It's no fun in the moment. Exercise is no fun. This morning when I got up at 4.40 to go work out, it was not fun. I didn't wake up going, woohoo, I can't wait to go do this. No, I was like, can I hit my snooze button 10 more times? Do I really have to do this? And then when I was done, I got home, had my protein shake. That's right, my protein shake. I felt like a million bucks. I felt great. But in the moment, I was like, man, this just stinks. Eating right isn't fun in the moment. You mean I'm gonna give up baked goods for broccoli? Are you kidding me? But if we do that over time, we feel better. Oprah Winfrey years ago had this statement. I know you never thought you'd hear Oprah Winfrey quoted ever again in church, but listen, she said this. I remember, I remember hearing this quote, thin feels better than fat tastes. And here's the thing I know. I know fat tastes really, really good. And I haven't completely taken Oprah up on her words of wisdom 100% in my life. But I know that this year, as I've already lost about seven, eight pounds, I know it already feels better than, well, I wanna get crazy with that. Let's just move on, all right? The, a person dealing with addiction who goes from seven days clean and sober to seven years clean and sober can tell you there's those first seven days, those first seven months were so hard. And there was a discipline and there was a daily choice that had to be made and accountability that had to be applied. But over time at seven years, they found great joy in being free from that addiction. I was at the gym the other day and I, I was walking through a, a new gym that I just signed up at. And um, I like to go to different gyms because I wear the weights out at different gyms. Like I go to new ones to get new, new, Never mind. So I'm at this new gym and this guy's showing me around, this trainer's showing me around and we go by the exercise bikes and there's a guy riding the bike and he, he looks up and he recognizes the trainer. And as he recognizes the trainer, they're like saying hi and they're high-fiving each other. And then he looks past the trainer, looks at me and he goes, PD? That's my rap name, you know, Pastor Dan. He goes, PD, is that you? And I was like, yeah, man, what's going on? He goes, I go to your church. I, I love your church. I said, well, thank you. He says, listen, I, I, I just wrestled. When the guy walked through, the other trainer walked away because we were caught up in the conversation. He says, man, I've been going to your church for a couple of years now. I absolutely love it. His name is Kevin. So shout out to Kevin if you're listening today. He says, I absolutely love it. He says, it's like going to a recovery meeting every single weekend. You're so real. You're so raw. And I really feel like the, the issues that I'm really dealing with, I get to deal with in church. And thank you so much for your transparency and your vulnerability. We just had a great conversation. And then as the other trainer walked away, and it was just Kevin and I standing there. He leaned towards me. He says, hey, I'm gonna tell you something. He says, I'm seven years clean and sober. I'm seven years clean and sober. And he kind of leaned back on the bike and through his mask, you can just see by his eyes, the lines around his eyes, he was smiling, this huge smile. And he says, it just feels so good. And what I saw in Kevin's eyes was great joy. Discipline in the moment, those choices in the moment, they're not fun. But over time, over time, great joy is discovered. Having a financial plan, changing the way you spend money, changing the way that you look at money is not fun in the moment, but you live disciplined in your plan. You, you have a wise plan and you walk that out day after day, month after month, year after year. As you do that, you find great joy once again in your finances because you get free. You have more margin. You're able to be more generous. 
Let's listen to what Jesus has to say about this. One of the most famous parables, he's talking about bags of gold. In some translations, he talks about talents. And in Matthew chapter 25, which if you're reading through the gospels with us this year, we started about four weeks ago, reading through the gospels. And I just wanna continue to continue to do that. By April 15th, we'll have read all the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So this last week, we read in Matthew chapter 25. If you're following along, we were in Matthew chapter 25. And here's an interesting statement that Jesus makes. He says in Matthew 25, verse 14, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and I love this part, okay? Say this with me. And entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And he, say this word, entrusted. Say it again, Peoria. Come on, come on, Crossroads. He entrusted his money to them. And then Jesus masterfully goes on and teaches about how each one was given a different amount of money. There were three servants. One got five bags of gold. One got two bags of gold. One got one bags of gold. What he was saying is that each... Remember that word? Each is given a different amount to steward. It's personal. And each one of us in this life are given a, a certain amount of things to steward. There's some have a lot more than we do. Some have a lot less than we do. But whether you have little or whether you have much, we are still called to be wise in how we take care of what God has entrusted to us. Proverbs 21, verse five says it this way. Solomon says this about wisdom. He says, good planning and hard work lead to what? Prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Now, if you are under the age of 30, I'm gonna to talk to you again right now. If you're under the age of 30, again, I wanna say, share this talk with your friends, grandparents and parents. Share this with your, with your older adult kids. Share this with your grandkids. Let them hear this. What I'm about to share with you, all right? These are the three biggest decisions of our life. You ready? Three biggest decisions of your life. Come on, lean in, listen to me. Three biggest decisions are this. Number one, what are you gonna do with Jesus? Is he gonna be just a good teacher or is he gonna be the Lord of your life? What will you do with Jesus? Number two, who will you marry? Who you marry is the biggest decision, the second biggest decision of your life. And the third biggest decision of your life, are you gonna have a plan for your finances? Listen to me, you have to have all three and you can get the third one right, all right? I mean, you can get the third one right. And if you mess up the first one and the second one, you're still gonna have a jacked up life. But if you get all three of these, Jesus, Lord of my life, I'm gonna follow him. I'm gonna marry well. I'm gonna marry somebody who loves Jesus like I do. And you're gonna have a wise decision in who you marry. And then you have a wise plan for your finances, Jackpot, baby. That's the power right there. When you have all three of those decisions, three greatest decisions of your life going in the right direction, you have a successful and a powerful, powerful life. So lean in, young people. Learn from me today because I made big mistakes in what I'm about to share with you today. This is a I wish I would have warning. All right, let me say that again. This is a wish I would have warning. Say that really fast. Wish I would have warning. Wish I would have warning. I want to warn you today about something that I wish I would have done. All right? So before I dive into the heart of this, I want to share with you part one of a two-part story from Alyssa Nerger and Aaron Fu, two incredible members of the Pure Heart family who are now on our team and serving on our staff. Here's part one of their story. 
I started saving money ever since I started making money. I started babysitting when I was 11 years old and did so over the years. I got my first official job at Chick-fil-A when I was 16 years old and I started saving money for college. So the majority of my paychecks went right to my college savings with only a little bit of spending money. My dad has inspired me when it comes to saving money and there's kind of a rule that you don't purchase something unless you have the money for it. And so I just remember being in high school, a lot of friends would go out and do things and have fun. And I had to have self-control. And I was like, as much as I wanna go spend money and go shopping and do these things with my friends, I don't have the money for it. So I'm gonna choose to not spend my money on this thing and save it for something more fulfilling down the road. I had a really good GPA in high school, so I went to community college for free for two years instead of choosing to go to a university. Got the same education at a community college. Then I transferred to GCU my junior year of college, and I paid for my junior year of college all in cash with the money that I saved for working at Chick-fil-A. The only student loan debt I had was my senior year of college, which was a little over $11,000 and I paid that off in a little over two years. I started working here at Pure Heart in 2014. In 2018, the same year that I paid off my student loans, I was also saving up for a car. So I paid for my car in full, in cash, so I have no student loan debt and no car debt. I knew that we were supposed to give back 10% of what we made back to God, and I didn't really know what that meant, so I wanted to figure that out. So I went to God's word, I figured out what it said in the Bible, and ultimately for me, it just meant giving back to God what he has blessed me with. This money is not my own, and I trust that the church is gonna use my money for wherever it needs to go, whether that's blessing the community, blessing our congregation, blessing people in some way, because I know that God is going to use my 10% for good. I will get rewarded someday in heaven and that ultimately it doesn't matter what happens here, where our money goes, but Jesus is going to reward me. So about 18 years old, I ended up getting a credit card. I didn't really, know too much about credit cards. So I said, sure, why not? So I applied for it and, and, got, and got it. Didn't know anything about interest rates, didn't know anything about late payments, nothing like that. So I maxed it out, didn't even pay attention to when the bills came. Down the road, about 19 years old, I decided it was time to go to college. I ended up taking out a federal subsidized loan, two of them. Went to school for a year, year and a half, and then quit. I had gotten married in about 2012, and in about 2013, you know, we decided, hey, maybe we should uh, buy our own house. So she pulled my credit report, and it was about 12 pages long. At that time, my credit score was about 454. It was very hard because at that point, we couldn't buy a house. There was about a total of $15,000 in debt that I owed. And we were living paycheck to paycheck. I'm worried about our finances, worried about paying our bills. I was denied apartments, denied employment, all because of my credit. So I felt like a failure. Isn't it great to hear from them? We're going to hear the second part of their story at the end of the message today. So please stay tuned for that. So I want to share with you three incredibly practical wisdom steps when it comes to money. And, and I learned this, I, I've shared, I share this almost every year. I think I've been sharing this now five years in a row. 
I learned this in my econ class at Shadow Mountain High School in 1986. Go mighty, mighty matadors, all right? 1986, econ class, our econ teacher, first day in the class, he walks up to the board and he writes down three words, give, save, live. And then underneath each one of those words, he writes a percentage. Under give, he wrote 10%. Under save, he wrote 10%. Under live, he wrote 80%. And we're all sitting there looking at this guy like, what, what are you doing? He turns around and he looks at us, and I'll never forget these words. And I wish I would have lived them out. He looked at us, he said, listen to me, class. I tell this to every econ class I ever have. If you will follow these three words when it comes to your finances, you will be successful in life. Now that I'm 51 years of age, I realize how incredibly wise that man was. And I can look back on my life and I can say with all honesty and deep conviction today, please young people do this. Please anybody at any age start to do this. This formula works. And we're not a church that's about formulas, but this works. It's incredible wisdom and it's anchored biblically. And so what he did, he had $10 bills and he said, he said here's the deal. You're, for every $10 you make, that first dollar, you give it away. You bless, you do something for charity. You help other people. He was a Christ follower, which I found out more later about his relationship with Jesus. Great guy. He says, I give this to my church to make a difference in a broken and hurting world. This is my public high school econ class. He says, the next dollar, this 10%, you're gonna save that. And he said, this next 80 right here, you just live it up. You just have a great old time. You do whatever you want. But then he looked at us and said this, but have a plan. Because if you don't, this can be gone in no time. And then you're gonna grab this one and want it back. And then you're gonna stop doing this one right here. And you're gonna find no joy in your finances. The guy was a genius, an absolute genius. And so I want to walk through this today for just a few minutes. First of all, step one, every $10 you get, we're going to give one. We're going to be a blessing. We're going to give through the church and make a difference. The Bible calls this tithing. Now let's, let's look at a wisdom statement from Solomon in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. This is one of my life verses. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Read that with me. Come on, Peoria and Crossroads. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, few things test our trust like giving. And I know on the dollar bill, it says, in God we trust. But way too often, I say this every year, way too often we trust this $1 to meet our needs more than the creator of the universe more than God himself. And so we try to hold on to it and we keep it. I can't do that. And God's saying, trust me with all your heart. And last week we talked about the idea, the big idea, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When I trust God with all my heart, my treasure in what he treasures and what he values. And when I am generous and I give that away and I honor him with my giving, it makes a difference in the lives of people. It brings help to a broken world, as my econ teacher said many, many years ago. So I'm going to give. And few things test our trust like giving. But I, 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 want to, I want to challenge you with something. Listen, the impact of generosity, if just at pure heart alone, lean in, at pure heart alone, 
if we had 2,000 families, now 2,000 households, now we have a lot more than that, probably 6,000 households that call Pure Heart Home. And now around the world, I have no idea how many, it's just so many people that are tuning in. If just 2,000 families, and right here in the zip code that we live in, in Phoenix, Arizona, um, 85306, where our church is located, the median income is right around $50,000 a year per household, 50,000. So if every house, if 200, if 2,000 families at Pure Heart, let's just say they're all making $50,000 a year. I know many are making a lot more than that. Some are making a lot less than that. But just say $50,000 a year. If we tithed, if we gave 10% away, listen to me, in two years, in two years, we would be completely debt-free as a church. Now check this out. And we would be giving away $5 million a year to help people in our community if we just honored God with it, if just 2,000 of our, like probably over 6,000 families in our church honored God, we would be completely debt-free and giving away, we would be a 50-50 church. We would be living on what 50% of what's brought in and we would be giving away $5 million a year. Let me blow your mind even more. 77% of America claim to be Christians. 77% claim to be Christians, to be Christ followers. In Arizona, in Arizona alone, all right, with our 7 million people, in Arizona alone, if that's 70, I figured this out the other day, if that's 77% at making $50,000 a year, that 77% began to tithe, that is $11 billion. $11 billion. Do you know what our state budget is? Nearly $11 billion. If Jesus followers in Arizona honored God with their giving, we could say to the government, we don't need your help. The church will take it from here. We'll care for people. We'll make a difference. We'll help the broken. Thanks so much for trying. Now you can come join us and serve alongside us and help us make a difference. I'm telling you, if we just would catch this as American Jesus followers, the difference that could be made. In Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verse 5, it continues. This is so good. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in on your own understanding. This is, this is what I know. That's what I know. And you know this too. In the natural, giving makes no sense in the natural. Because you think to yourself, well, wait a minute, I, I can't give that away. I need that. How... I need money to survive. I need money to make it. So if I give away what I need to survive, how am I going to survive? Because now I have less to survive on. So all I'm going to simply say to you, and I'm going to talk more about this next week. If you want a natural financial experience, then don't trust God. Just keep it. And you can live in the natural. If you want a supernatural experience, Trust God, give it away and see what only he can do in your finances. And everybody at Peoria and Crossroads said, amen. Step number two, this next wisdom step at times has probably been the hardest for us, for Nicole and I, it's been really difficult. Um, and that's the area of saving. And so as my econ teacher said, you give one away, you save one, you put it into savings, you, get it, you, you, you invest 
in a great 401k, you, you invest that money, you save that money. You start with this. I say this every year, start with an emergency fund. Um, some people call it the oh no fund. <laughs> some people call it the oh something else fund. I'll let you work that out, all right? But things are gonna break down and you don't wanna have to use credit cards to fix them. So you're gonna have a saving. You have at least $1,000 set aside so you can fix those things when they break down. When Nicole and I worked our way out of financial hell, um, the first thing we did is we established an oh no fund. We established an emergency fund and we've, we got rid of things. We sold things. We cut in our budget every we could and we made sure that we had $1,000 so we wouldn't keep adding to the credit card debt we had already established in our lives. It's the first thing that we did. And that emergency fund helped us tremendously because we didn't have to keep relying on those high interest credit cards anymore. And so again, young people, I need your attention. Again, one more time, lean in. I wanna challenge you, especially teenagers. I want to give you over a million dollars. I'm gonna give you over a million dollars right now. I'm gonna give you an idea that will give you over a million dollars if you just live this out. You're like, oh boy, now you sound like an infomercial. No, no, no. This is wisdom. It's wisdom perspective today. Lean into this. Listen to this very, very closely. Listen, if you as a teenager, let's say you're at 17 years of age. If you're 17 years or younger, if you start right now, putting $50 a month, come on, you know you could earn at least $50 a month. I mean, the minimum wage when I was growing up was like $1.75. Minimum wage now, I mean, it was a long, long time ago. Minimum wage now is like $12 an hour. You got that job at Chick-fil-A. You got that job working at the mall. You can easily put away $50 a month. And if you put $50 a month in a great mutual fund, earning 10%, you got to really study that out. Talk to your parents. You got to talk to a financial advisor. You can find one. They'll be blown away that a teenager wants to talk to them, but they'll be super excited because they know what your future will hold if you talk to them about it and live it out. If you do $50 a month starting at age 17, when you are 70 years of age, listen to me, you will have $1,169,910.55 in savings in that mutual fund. That's a million dollars. If you just do $50 a month from now at age 17, all the way to your 70 years of age. And trust me, when you get in your 30s and 40s, 50 bucks a month is gonna be nothing. It's gonna feel like nothing. Because there's a lot of people who waited till they're 50 years old to start saving for retirement. And now they're having to put tens of thousands of dollars away just to try to make it to retirement. You're gonna do $50 a month right now as a teenager, and you're gonna have over a million dollars in the bank when you're 70 years of age, and you're gonna be so grateful, you're not gonna know what to do with yourself. You're gonna try to find me. You're gonna try to find me, but I'm gonna be in heaven probably by then. And so we'll have to catch up in heaven. You can tell me all about how all that stuff went, all right? My two boys, Josh and Luke, started this two years ago. Josh is 20 years of age. Luke is now 19 years of age. If my sons continue to walk this out, they're gonna have a much brighter financial future than their father because they're owning the wisdom of saving. And I'm just, I'm pleading with you. You can change generations just by being wise and beginning to save. 10, 10, 10 give. 10% savings. Listen to this. More wisdom from Solomon. Proverbs 13, verse 22. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. And everybody said, 
Amen. Do you want do you want to just save for yourself or do you want to save for generations? Do you want to make a difference in generations? Come on. Give, save. Number 3. Here we go. Final one. Live. And I'm going to talk for a moment about the B word. That's right. Budget. Only 32%, according to Gallup polling, only 32% of Americans, I don't know what it's like around the rest of the world, only 32% of Americans actually have a budget, actually have a plan for their money. And most people have no clue about money. They were never mentored when it comes to money. And we all know the old saying, if you have no plan, you plan to fail. And that's why so many Americans are failing financially. Listen, we have to stop overspending and borrowing. It has to stop. The average American, and I share this, I've been sharing this the last few years. The average American spends $1.22 for every dollar they earn. We as Americans have over a trillion dollars in credit card debt. Years ago, many years ago, now decades ago, when McDonald's, fast food, McDonald's, everything was cash. They started, you know, tinkering with this idea of credit cards. Do you know why McDonald's moved to complete credit cards across their, their, all their franchises? Because they discovered when people didn't use cash and they used credit cards, they spent 42% more in their stores because it's just zip, zip, zip plug it into the machine and away we go. When you have to spend your cash, you feel it a little bit more. Credit cards are dangerous. There's a good place for credit cards. There's a good place if you use them wisely, get all those points. I understand Nicole and I, we've learned how to do that. We get the points and so on and so forth and the cash back, but we pay it off at the end of every month because the interest will kill you. If you have $6,000 in credit card debt, paying 18% interest on that, making minimum payments, it'll take you 42 years to pay off $6,000. You'll pay 16 grand in interest. Debt, debt is killing us as Americans financially. I read a survey recently, a survey said 70%, 70% of our economy in America 70% of our economy is on discretionary spending. Not, not needs, wants. 70% of what Americans spend money on is discretionary. You don't need it to survive. 75% in the survey had made an impulsive or expensive purchase. Most of them were on tech upgrades. You gotta get the new iPhone 12. I gotta have 16 cameras on this baby or I just can't function. And then they asked, why did they make these purchases? Why did they make these mistakes? They said, 49% said they were just excited. It was new. It was, it was exciting. Uh, another 30% said, well, we we're just bored. And it just seemed like something fun to do to go out and do and spend money on this stuff. Um, another 22% said they were sad. 9% said they were angry. <laughs> this one's so sad. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's nervous laughter. 9% were intoxicated. They were just drunk. And so they just went out and made a terrible purchase because they were drunk. Men bought bigger items, $1,000 items, more when they were intoxicated. Too much to drink. So guys, if you're next season, next football season, you're watching Arizona Cardinals play football and you're bored because they're not scoring because they're playing the Rams or you're sad or you're mad and maybe you have a couple of beers, don't go shopping, all right? Just don't go shopping. You're gonna make a big mistake. So understand this today. And we, we, we all know this down deep inside. We know this. And this might, 
this, this statement might offend you, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it, all right? This came into my heart this week. You can't earn or give your way out of stupid. You just can't. You say, well, you know, you know how I can fix my finances and I can overcome all this stuff? If I just made more money, no. Because here's the problem. If you don't get disciplined and get wise in your finances, whatever you earn, how much ever more you earn, you're just going to spend it. You're just going to spend it because we're spending $1.22 for every dollar that we make. And you can't give your way out of stupidity financially either. I know growing up, I, I would hear some pastors, they'd make the statement. They'd say things like this. If you're in financial trouble, you just got to give your way out of that trouble. Hear me closely. There is a great blessing in being, in being generous. But God will also require us to be wise with our generosity. We have to do both. We have to be generous and wise. Generous and wise. Proverbs chapter three, verse six, my life verse goes on. It says this, in all your ways, submit to, some translations use the word acknowledge him. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Listen, giving, having a budget, all of this is an expression of submitting our finances to God. A good budget is submitting your finances to God to acknowledge him in your income, no matter how much and no matter how, how little. And I know, I, I, I know the word, you read through this scripture in Proverbs chapter three, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, all your ways submit to him and he will make your path. And you kind of think like at the end of that verse, it should say something like powerful, victorious, you'll be pros prosperous. It uses the word straight. And you think, man, that's, that's not the, that doesn't seem like the most powerful word. And the word straight isn't a powerful word until you've lived a crooked life financially. When you circle around the same financial mountains over and over and over again, then the word straight is actually a beautiful word. I know in my life, I had massive pain financially. I had almost 30, I mean, please don't judge me. I know some of you are like, whoa. I had over, Nicole and I had almost $30,000 in credit card debt. We had no financial plan. And one of the greatest decisions we ever made was to take Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. We did it together. We built a plan. We built a budget. We had, we had been giving. We had been generous. I had been giving since I was 11 years old. My first paper route, I started giving and being generous. I just wasn't wise with my money. I didn't have a plan. And one of the happiest days of my life, one of the most joy-filled days of my life is when I made the last payment on one of our last credit card. And I can tell you today, Nicole and I are completely debt-free when it comes to um, credit card debt. Absolutely none, no longer in that bondage. And so instead of just talking about a budget, challenging on a budget, this year, we're gonna give you a gift. Our action step this year is we're gonna encourage our church family, as many as are willing to take the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University course. And we're gonna offer it to you for free. Check out this video explaining what we're up to. 2020 was a year that we saw an upheaval in so many families' finances due to COVID. We continue to hear stories of people who are so broken after job loss, unexpected expenses, maxed out credit cards, and drained savings. 
Maybe you are one of those people. Challenges with finances can cause frustration, depression, marital stress, and anxiety. Now, there are times when we hear a great sermon on finances and we feel encouraged and maybe convicted and we have a passion to start out on a new path, but we're not sure of what the next right step is. Maybe you feel that way today. So as a church, we want to invest in you and give you the ability to win at your finances, to be confident in your next steps, to be able to experience peace in your life. Many of you have heard of Dave Ramsey and his course on financial peace, but for you being able to attend a class each week or pay the $129 for the course just wasn't feasible. So we have purchased a church group subscription to Ramsey Plus. This will not only give you access to the Financial Peace University course, but this is a master suite of tools to help you set up an emergency fund, pay down debt, become debt-free, learn how to set a budget, teach your kids about finances, become more generous, and set up a path for successful retirement. Even if you are not in crisis mode in your finances, there are things you can do to learn and grow from this. So take advantage of this gift and sign up now. There's a limited supply, so don't miss out. Sign up by clicking the Ramsey Plus banner on pureheart.org or in the PureHeart app. Let's together as a church take 2021 to find out what God says about money and how he wants us to thrive, not just survive in the area of our finances and lives. We are so excited to be able to offer to 500 households the Dave Ramsey Plus material. It, it is, it's just a fantastic gift that we get to give to our church family. So as we conclude, I know I've been extra passionate today. As we conclude week two of this series, Hilarious, I just want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, listen to this. A budget, and, I, and this is deep in my heart, a budget is a theological statement. It indicates who and what I worship. And let me just say this, as my econ teacher taught me, give, save, and to live on this 80%. The reason I have a budget, yeah, I wanted to get out of debt. Yeah, I was convicted I needed a plan. But here was the greatest conviction that I had. It goes back to week one. It's not my money. This doesn't belong to me. It's a gift from God. No matter how little, no matter how much I've had at certain seasons of my life, I've had more certain seasons, certain seasons less. It's not my money. If I gave you $4,000 to manage, you know, and um, I was gone for a year. I said, hey, I got $4,000. I want to give this to you. Just take, just steward it well. I'm going to come back in a year. And I come back in a year and I'm like, hey, so kind of show me what you did and kind of give me a breakdown of, you know, what did you spend? How did you invest it? What did you happen? I said, can you show me a plan? Can you lay out your plan? And you just kind of looked at me and said, ah, I just winged it. I got, I got about a dollar left and but it's okay because I put a sticker with your face on it. You know, it's, it's all I had left, but I had a dollar left. Do you think I'd give you any more money? I just winged it. No. You're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. See, the bottom line is this. It's all from God. It all belongs to God. So I will wisely use all that God has given me. That's just a conviction of my heart. So as you begin to put together a budget, you begin to develop that plan. As you go through the Dave Ramsey material, ask yourself, does my budget acknowledge God? Is, do, am I giving to him first? Am I saving? Am I, be, am I being wise? 
And then what am I doing with this other 80%? How am I living on this? Am I living wisely with the money that God has given to me? You know, one of the thoughts that I have that brings me great joy is, I just believe that one day, one day as, as young people start to get this and start to live it out, I mean, I'm gonna be an old man, I'll be retired, I'll be on the front row cheering on the, the, the new team, the, new, the young team that's now taken over at Pure Heart. I'll be cheering them on and praying for them. And I'm gonna have, every once in a while, service will end and somebody will come up to me at that point, they're probably almost middle-aged and they'll say, Pastor Dan, I just wanted to take a moment and say, thank you for that financial series that you gave 20 years ago. I'll be like, oh, thanks. And they'll say, no, no, no. That whole give, save, live, that 10, 10, 80, we've been living it out. We've been doing it for the last 20 years of our lives. Uh, we, we weren't married yet, but... Um, I started living it out and then we got engaged and she started living it out or vice versa. And it's made all the difference. And we just wanted to say thank you for being bold enough and brave enough to talk about something so practical and so difficult in church. I know that, that's my dream. That's my dream. And then before they leave, they say, and we'd just like to give you a gift. And say, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and as they walk away. But I dream of that, that people will, you will take this seriously and live it out because I'm telling you, we can find joy again in our finances. So just take a moment, listen to Alyssa and listen to Aaron, listen to the joy that they have found in their finances. One Sunday, they made an announcement during church about this program called Financial Peace University. With everything going on with our debt and all that, my wife at the time thought it would be a great idea. And one thing that they said really stuck with me and says, if you live like no one else today, Later, you'll live like nobody else. We were tithing here and there, giving what we could, but with Dave Ramsey, we actually budgeted our 10%. And I can tell you this, since we started from 2013 to now, there's not one day I went without a meal, not one bill that went unpaid. Everything was provided for. God showed up and I knew it was just God blessing me because I was obedient of giving my tithes and offerings to him. Right now, you know, I've owned three houses since then. My credit score is now at 804. I am debt free. I, I believe being that free has placed me to where God has called me to be, which is here at Pure Heart, where I get to work on the maintenance team and be able to service all the ministries here at Pure Heart that are dear to my heart. I was tithing at 10%, just like I had been since 2013. But I felt convicted because I was thinking of all this money that I was actually being able to save extra to put in my storehouse, if you will, here on earth. I was able to change it to now where I'm able to tithe 20% every week. Jesus has blessed me in abundant ways, and I know that it's because I've been giving back to Him for over 10 years now. As passionate as I am about saving money, I'm more passionate about money not controlling my life. I am now 26 years old, and I have a very high credit score without ever owning a credit card. I have no debt, and I have pre-qualified in purchasing my very first home with a fairly good down payment all on my own. I have been able to go on trips with friends. I have been able to save up 
for my Israel trip. That trip was over $4,000 and I was able to fundraise and save for that trip completely in full. You just have to be wise. You have to spend your money wisely. You have to budget. You have to prioritize where your money's going. And then realistically, you can meet a goal. You can save up for this trip. You can save up and have this amount of spending money every month, every week to go have fun, be with your friends. It is not impossible. I am at a place in my life where I feel like I can freely go on a trip, have fun with my friends and not have to stress about it and not have to worry about it. And I believe that right now God is saying to seek his knowledge, especially in your finances. Read what God's word says about your finances, about tithing, about being generous. And like it says also in the Bible, test him in this. I am living proof that if you test him in this, he will bless you and he'll be with you. I just want someone to know today that it's possible even when it feels impossible. Be consistent, give back to God, and you will see the fruit of it. Such a blessing to our team. Alyssa and Aaron are awesome people. I'm so grateful they're willing to share. We never like to end our services without giving you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, to say, Jesus, would you lead my life? And if ever there was an area of life where we need his leadership, it's gotta be our finances. It's such a difficult thing. It's, there's so much pain in our world when it comes to money. So just bow your hearts, bow your heads to me for just a second. And maybe today for the first time in your life, or maybe today is a rededication of your life to Jesus, but you're ready to say, Jesus, I need you to lead my life. So if that's you, would you pray this in your heart with me right now? Just say this, God hears you say this, Lord Jesus, right now I commit my life to you. I trust you with my life, all of it, Lord. I wanna go all in with you. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. You know what it is. I give it to you right now. Thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, fill me with your presence, with your spirit, with your hope, your love, your joy, your peace. Thank you for loving me, Lord and never giving up on me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for being with us today. Look forward to one more week. Come on, stay with me one more week as we finish this series called Hilarious. Have a strong week.